three, two, one. I'm wearing one of my fat shirts. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? This is Rich of Review Tech USA, and I'm going to start screwing this up, but I think I'm right. This is episode 12 of the Exposed Podcast. I know I'm, I know I'm going to like say episode 8 for the next one, because I always, I always screw that up. But I'm here with Chris Raygun. Hey! And oh, a little bit of apology. I totally forgot that we were supposed to do this today, because my phone didn't remind me, even though it's in the calendar. But luckily... Because I had another podcast I recorded with Wings of Redemption today. Luckily, I worked everything out, so I wasn't a complete idiot. So, how you been, man? Hey, hey I've been I've been pretty good. I mean, aside from you know all this crazy shit it's, that everybody's going through, it's insane. Uh, now, what what state are you from? Well, I'm f- I'm from New York, but like I'm in LA now, so basically two of the <laughs> yeah two, <laughs> two of the hardest. Yeah, yeah, you guys are New in total is, lockdown, right? Uh, well, over here in in LA, what we have is like um, I think it's like a I forget what the, what the what the mayor called it, but it was basically like you can leave the house whenever, but it's heavily heavily advised to just only go out for essentials, shelter uh, in place. So, yeah, basically, yeah, safer at home. I think is what they said. Uh, but so I've just been in my apartment for a really long time, and it's uh, it's it's weird because I feel like I I used to think that I spent a lot of time inside. But only when you don't have the choice to leave do you realize that, like, oh, I actually leave kind of often. Yeah, I, it was the funniest thing with me, too, because I, I was like, oh, man, this isn't a big deal. Like, I work from home anyway. But you don't realize when you can't go somewhere how much you yeah. do go somewhere. And all those little trips to the store or doing something else add up, and you don't think about it. And then when it's taken away from you, but kind of taken away from you, I should say, you realize, like, holy shit, I, you know, I go out quite a freaking bit. Yeah, no, it really sucks because I had like a bunch of um, I had a bunch of projects that I was gonna like I was I was working on like a bunch of different in person collaborations. I was gonna like fly all over the place, and now that's like definitely not happening. Yeah, so me I'm too. Sort of like yeah. So I'm just thinking about like, all right, well, how do I <laughs> scrounge together some some stuff that I can make? Yeah, uh, it's, it's weird. It is weird. Like you know, there's I do a lot of you know I do a lot of gaming news and. There was like five stories this month. <laughs> like, there was nothing you would think on like next gen console Eve. We're going to talk about next gen consoles, but on next gen console Eve, there will be news like in 2013 when we were at this time. There was new news every day. Oh yeah, we had seen we we had already seen, I think both of the machines by this point. Maybe not the Xbox One. I think they had the reveal event. I think in June, uh, a couple of weeks before E3. Yeah. The famously horrible reveal event with uh, wow. Don Matrick, Don Matrick. <laughs> all his fucking glory. Oh my god! Basically, god. he basically wanted to turn that thing into a giant, a giant VCR. Anyway, that was the Dude, worst presentation. That guy, I think, I don't even know if this is really an exaggeration, but I feel like that guy single-handedly did more damage to the Xbox brand than I think anything the company could have possibly done. Like the way that he uh, that famous interview of him talking to I think Jeff Keighley where he's like you just took the ah, words out know. of my mouth you just took the, keep going yeah. With yeah and he's like ah you know we have something for people who can't get internet connectivity and it's called Xbox 360 and it's like you sound like such an asshole how it's, do you not <laughs> it was the worst 
Yeah, oh yeah, we're advertising our next-gen console that we want you to buy so we can make licensing off the games. But I'm going to say something and act like a real dick right now. Why don't you just buy our previous generation console, which we're trying to get you away from so you could buy the next-gen one? Like, that had to have sell- sealed his fate at Microsoft. Oh, yeah, and he went on to crash Zynga, too. <laughs> well, that's what happens with these guys. They're, they become, like corporate darlings like even if they fuck up at one company they just get a golden parachute and fly it to the next company it's so fucked it's it's ridiculous like there's there's no good reason why that guy should have ever worked again in any uh operating capacity that he worked at microsoft in or even at zynga in like it makes no sense well look remember bernie stoller from sega he um pissed off sega of japan because he actually uh, went lower with the dreamcast price than he was supposed to he was the president of sega of america you know, if you or I got fired from a job and we were just like working nine to five and making a, a median salary, we get fired, we get fucking fired. He yeah. got fired and he walked out the door with five million dollars. That's insane. It's it's wild. Those like those packages, those relief packages. Yeah, for like, Why, how does that work? How do you, how do you work do a shitty performance at a job and then get paid because you fucked up? Like that's uh, winning the lottery. No, yeah, it's it's. I, I don't I can't comprehend it actually it's completely alien to me it's a it makes no sense it's a different world it, it just uh, it boggles my mind like anyone else who would like your performance would mitigate if you get paid or not not that you know what what draw if you're in that position and you know that mm-hmm. if you get fired you're going to be, still be a multi-millionaire anyway what driving forces there minus obviously because they're making huge salaries each year mm-hmm. there's no fear like your your goal is just to make as much profit as possible while you're there, and even if you do get fired because you it, it hurts the company in the long term, you still walk out the door with ten twenty million dollars in your pocket. So who gives a shit? Yeah, you have to be cosmically inept to become destitute after being that rich and that well off. You know what I mean? Like I like I don't know if you've ever seen this is great document. Oh man, I shouldn't I shouldn't actually go further into it because it's a really good documentary uh, and this is kind of spoilerish but if you've ever seen, have you ever seen tickled i have not seen tickled just say spoiler alert if you're gonna he's it's, gonna spoil it for you now i'll so. try to keep it brief but it's like the, the, that is one of the it's a documentary that this like australian dude or this uh, new zealander who he he went into he he went on facebook or something and found this facebook post for like a competitive tickling league and he was like <laughs> oh this is ridiculous i'm gonna make a documentary about this and it gets off the rails and it and it quickly becomes like about like like big money and like death threats and like crazy crazy shit uh and a lot of it is really just like oh hey if you're just in a wealthy family you can get away with like crazy shit so it's it's a good documentary i recommend it heavily insane so wait it's a documentary and this tickling league is real it's a real thing or or at least it was it's uh (laughs) I I can't explain it because it would it would what? ruin it because the whole movie just like you watch it and it just continuously becomes just like how how is it getting here like how have we gone from tickling to international espionage and and l- law firms siphoning money into <laughs> tickle cells in Michigan it's like what the fuck? Dude, it's crazy it's human, really cool human beings are so weird I, one of my streams they're someone brought up a story about you ever hear the death by horse i'm sure it was like a big thing on the internet oh if, yeah yeah if you i hope you haven't had the unfortunate experience of actually seeing the video i did well one of my viewers actually was like 
the house where it happened was like he lives only a few houses or the farm where it happened he lives like a few houses down and it was like a whole horse sex ring that was behind it (laughs) and and, and the horse had a a nickname that they used to get railed by called Big Dick (laughs) it's not even clever it's not even yeah it's not even clever because as far as I know all I mean I don't go around measuring horse dick but they they kind of seem like they all have big like and it was and they dropped the guy off after he got that video at the hospital anonymously and it turned into like a whole investigation because like they were wanted to get pounded by horses like what the fuck is wrong with human beings i don't know man i just immense boredom there's got to be right it can't be. i don't know no right? that's psychological issues you can't i i've never been sitting around bored to go you know what i wonder what a horse cock feels like in my ass no right but i mean like as a i mean like as a species like you we're not we're not worried about like a lot of our survival instincts are kind of like on the down low like i feel like a lot of us are more concerned about like social things and like ah how do i pay this it's like ah i gotta deal with this coming up it's never like oh i have to feed myself today you know for most of us yeah so, like, when you're just comfortable uh i don't know like explain epstein like how, how does it how, you know how does a millionaire like billionaire. so a billionaire like how do you i don't know like it's, it just seems to be this weird trend where like the more well off you are the the probably weirder you get because you have more time to do weird shit you're right yeah because if you're a multimillionaire, you don't have to like your money's making money for you you don't have to do anything so like all right so what am i going to do to bide my time oh i'm going to take a horse stick in the ass like it's just like <laughs> like like what could you like you have all the money in the world there's nothing that you have to do whereas yeah. you know like back when we were still living in caves and picking lice off of each other you had your day was made up of surviving you had to go out and find food you had to go find shelter like it was a constant movement yeah. where you didn't have time to do these weird fucking things no for sure cavemen weren't drawing furry porn probably in all likelihood or maybe they, or maybe they were banging goats or something like that uh, but- maybe yeah I know, isn't that? <laughs> that's there's that. Point. That's like a. We're going on a weird tangent here, but that's like. A, isn't that like a thing in South America? It's like a rite of passage where they. They. I, I know there was like a Vice documentary on that. Oh, I have no idea. Yeah, dude. I have no clue. Uh, I'm not going to look it up now, but yeah, that's that's like a thing. But anyway, <laughs> let's. Uh, here's a segue. Let's talk about next gen consoles. Because yeah. it, you saw the presentation from Microsoft. Actually, Austin Evans had that video, which I thought was really cool, and, and uh, Digital Foundry. Then you saw mm-hmm. Sony's. Presentation-wise, how did they come across to you? And then I'll give my take. The uh, Sony or Microsoft? Let's go with Microsoft first. Okay. Uh, yeah, so just full transparency, I'm, I'm on a PlayStation podcast. Just so everybody knows, like I don't, I don't think I, I'm particularly biased, but I feel like that's relative, like relatively relevant. Yeah, say so he's on Sacred um, Symbols. It's an awesome podcast I listen to. Yeah, um, and I would say that Microsoft is doing a, a better job as of late, as far as how they're choosing to roll things out. I, I, I think the choice that Sony made to go ahead and kind of put this very, very developer focused, like GDC talk, as their main consumer facing. Um, reveal for information about their new system. I feel like that was a really grand miscalculation. I feel like that's kind of the, t- this, the talk that Mark Cerny gave should be supplementary to uh, a consumer-friendly hardware reveal. Like, I feel like we definitely should have seen the box already. 
Oh, we should have seen the box before we got that GD that 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 conference. I don't understand why they're not showing. The only thing we know is what the developer kit looks like, and it looks like a, a mid '90s console from like Amstrad. Yeah, I I would hope that maybe they were going to unveil it, and because of all the you know the COVID nineteen delays in production over in China and how that's kind of screwing with the economy, maybe they were like, oh, maybe we don't have to show it yet because in all likelihood, maybe these things don't even come out this year. That's also a possibility. Like, we're seeing some crazy stuff happening. Like, this is a very, very unprecedented time. Oh, that's an understatement. Uh, and I wouldn't be surprised to see these consoles either pushed to March or even even just even further. Like summer so or maybe, next year. Yeah, maybe. Like, I... Uh, Microsoft seems pretty bullish about going this year, and I think probably in all likelihood they that's probably the best strategy. If Sony decides to push forward to March, if I was at Microsoft, I'd be like, we get these out now. Like economic downturn, regardless, <laughs> we got to get these out first because they got a lot of damage control to deal with. Yeah, uh, they from do this, from this previous gen. Um, although I feel like I feel like in general the the generations kind of follow a very predictable blueprint where you have you have the PlayStation Two. And you have the Xbox. Both of them are duking it out. The PlayStation 2 is destroying, crushing. And Sony is super confident. They're like, we can't do anything wrong. And then they're like, hey, here, here's a PlayStation 3. It's got a, I don't know, it's got a card reader in it, and it costs 599 US dollars. Oh, my <laughs> and God. And everybody's like, well, that's not good. <laughs> and it's also comes out a year after the 360, and the 360 dominates that generation up until the end, where they start to get, like, a little bit of, uh, a little bit of an upper hand. And... Because Microsoft was so confident the last generation, here's the Xbox One, here's a VCR, it's a cable box, fuck it, you'll buy it, we're Xbox 360. You guys bought this thing en masse. And people jumped again, and I feel like, I don't know if we're going to see the same amount of arrogance, because I feel like there's a, a little bit more of, there's a little bit more self-awareness in the industry now, I feel like just because the rise of social media and just the amount of opinions that any, anybody can come across from any walk of life, I feel like these kinds of granular analyses of how these systems operate and the the zeitgeist of the, the cultures between them. I feel like they inform people higher up at those companies now than they did before. It's easier to but keep I, your finger on the pulse now than it was even six years ago. Yeah, for sure. But I still think, like, I'm, I'm, I am noticing that there is a bit of a, a thing. It's like, hey, you know, PS4 is selling like crazy. PS5, ah, we'll just show the logo. Or like, ah, we'll... we'll Maybe we'll get backwards compatibility, compatibility running for most of ti- most of the titles. Who knows? <laughs> you know, and it's like Microsoft is doing comparatively a lot better again. And this is the kind of cycle that I expect to see for as long as these machines continue to exist. It's just so funny when they, they came out and revealed the logo and they kind of made a, a buildup about it. And I'm just like, okay, that's exactly what there was already people knowing. Like, it's just a five. It's yeah, just a it was, five. <laughs> it's exactly the, the same logo that everybody's been Photoshopping for years. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. It, I was just like, why would you, I mean, okay, I get it. You, you want to say it's an official thing. The PlayStation fives come, but the way they just went about it, everyone got on me like what rich it's not, they didn't make it that big of a deal. I'm like, they kind of did though. He's like, and here's our logo. Yeah. Okay. I, I would have at least had like, a silhouette of the box I don't, something like so, i don't know I, I feel like they're really losing the 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 game from a um what's the word uh optics perspective i f- um, i feel like they're 
out of touch again. Like I remember when the place if you remember mm. when the PlayStation Four they they gave it to like Boogie two nine eight or two nine eight eight early to look at. They were more in touch with like the game. This is back when it wasn't as much of a thing, you know, 2013. Mm-hmm, yeah. I mean, YouTube was huge, but you get my point. It wasn't like it is now. You'd never seen like a new console in the hands of, of content creators that, that early before. And now you have Microsoft doing what Sony was doing, you know, because I, I almost feel like Sony felt like they were the underdog back then. So they were doing these things and now Microsoft mm-hmm. realizes it. But you would think they wouldn't forget. Why do they forget? So, I mean, it was 2013 wasn't that long ago. You know? That's what it takes, man. It takes being the underdog to realize, ah, oh, man, what, what were we doing wrong? And then they just, they instantly, it's amazing how quickly you realize how you fucked up when it's beyond obvious. You know, and you're like, oh my god, we, re- we really botched this. Let's fix, let's, let's, backwards compatibility. Even though this, even though the Xbox One was not designed to play 360 games or Xbox, original Xbox games, we're going to make it work because fuck it. We'll figure it out. And they did it. It's insane. I was playing Mass Effect the other day on the same machine that I'm currently playing Doom Eternal on, and it's beautiful. It's great. Like, that's that should be something, especially in, like, the continuously online environment that we're kind of seeing ourselves in, where our libraries are sort of expected to carry over because there's no technological reason for them not to. It's important to know that when you invest money in a digital ecosystem, that your investments aren't made completely, like, useless the second the next best thing comes out. Um, and I think they're really... I don't know, man. The fact that the fact that PS3 still can't run natively on PS4 is astounding. What it's astounding. Am, what, yeah, it amazes me, too, because, you know, they just came out recently. Like, Sony's like, oh, yeah, most PlayStation 4 or thousands upon thousands of PlayStation 4 games are mm-hmm. going to work on the PS5, which, color me, it's like no shit, because that's, it's the same... That is... That is, by the way, that should be the expectation. That is not like a, oh, how great. That's like, oh, good. Yeah, that's what we, that's what we would expect. That, to, that, that's, that should be a, a default feature. Yeah, and it, especially because they're the same architecture now. Like I always exactly what I say in my videos, it's like kind of like upgrading a PC. You're just putting a better processor and graphics card. It's not like when you went from the PS2 to PS3, it was completely different architecture. You know, or right. you know the the, X, the original Xbox, but say Xbox One to the Xbox 360. Now it's just you know same x86, 64, just mm-hmm. upgraded hardware. So, and, and you see like these articles defending. Sony saying, oh, well, it's tough to emulate the PlayStation 3. I'm like, I have friends who have emulators of the PlayStation 3 running on a AMD FX chip, which is shit. <laughs> like, right. And the games are running good. So if they could do it, Sony can do it, you know? And, and yeah. And uh, Microsoft really made me a believer in the backwards because I kind of didn't give a shit about, about it going into 8th gen. But now it's like, not only do they like make the games backwards compatible, they almost like remastered them. Like Red Dead Redemption looks gorgeous. Not two, the original one looks gorgeous on the Xbox oh, yeah. One X. You know, yeah, it, that, that blew my mind when I played that because uh, I played that a little bit before because I had never really played Red Dead Redemption. I, I was kind of sort of looking forward to Red Dead Redemption too. I was like, oh, this is a, you know, I, I'm not really that big into Rockstar games. Me either. So like when I saw the hype around Red Dead Redemption two, I was like, oh, I'm kind of getting into this. I, I, I kind of dig it. It looks cool. And then I, I jumped into Red Dead uh, 1, or Red Dead Redemption, on, on backwards compatibility. And I was like, this is not, there's no way this game looked like this, to, like, however long ago it came out. Like, there's no way. 
I don't. I don't even. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing because I don't even think. I think on the Xbox 360 it was 720p, and I think it was sub HD on the PS3. So to, to see it actually running in native 4K, it looks like a current gen game. Yeah, it do, it looks like a current gen. Like from a visual perspective, it looks like a really amazing indie, like indie uh, project. You know what I mean? Like it's just like oh, you know, the textures aren't that great, and like ah, whatever. But it's like it looks sharp it's crisp it runs beautifully it's crazy what they can do um and and microsoft really proved that people give a crap and they made believers of me in giving a crap about um backwards compatibility so it's kind of surprising to see sony still sleeping on it they slept on it this whole generation yeah well they well they have ps now that you can (laughs) you can I think that's that's real. I think that really is their their kind of trump card as far as like that's what they're hoping is going to be the the solution for backwards compatibility. It's like ah, you know, you pay a little a little bit of a fee and then you can play everything on the PS3. You own you own everything on the PS3 now, and it's like cool. But I don't like streaming my games. I I, I don't know. I don't know if you're familiar with like Stadia or like or like how that's Stadia. been going on. <laughs> Let me tell you something. State their their business model is shit. But yeah. But when the service, which it does work, so I have gigabit internet here. Oh, lucky. You, you would never know. Like, even looking, I have a big-ass 75-inch 4K TV. I was playing Borderlands on it. You would think you were just playing natively on a console. So credit where credit's due. I can't completely yeah, no, shit the technology, on that. The technology works. I just think, personally, like, I would... Stadia is the kind of technology I would use to try something out. You know what I mean? Like, oh, you know, I don't want to sit here... And download Red Dead Redemption Two for ninety hours. <laughs> you know, yeah. I'm gonna. But if I can stream it, it's like and give it a shot. See if I'm. See if I like it. Ah, you know, all right, I'll do that. But I think at the end of the day, I'm always gonna want to have some kind of hard copy, be it a physical copy or a hard like or like a download. Just because internet's not great everywhere in Los, An- like where I am in Los Angeles, the internet's hilarious. What it's are your speeds? Joke. What are your speeds? Oh, my God, I, I could I could tell you, but it doesn't matter because it's never consistent. <laughs> you know what wow. I mean? It's like sometimes it's sometimes it's it's really good, and then other times I can't. It takes me sometimes like nine hours to upload a YouTube video that's about ten minutes. Stop it! It's like, oh my God, I, I would you, I would want to jump insane. out a window. It's it's hell. It's it's really it's a joke. Oh, I feel and so bad. That's not, it's it's never ex- that extreme that often. But every once in a while, that'll happen. And I'm like, dude, I upload so infrequently. The one day I'm going to upload, it takes nine hours. <laughs> dude, if, if my uploads take more than like three minutes, I'm pissed off. I don't. I would like lose my mind. Mine take about, on average, it takes about like 30, 30 minutes to an hour. Wow. I, that happened to me like because obviously everyone's home now. The last, because I've been streaming a lot because there been, hasn't been as much. The one time, I last time I uploaded, it took 30 minutes because I guess it's just, and that to me was like an insane amount of time. Like, mm. usually it takes, like, literally maybe a minute to upload my videos, even if they're longer. It's, it's crazy. It's you ridiculous. Know, but back to cloud gaming, you know what killed me? It, it was, like, such a tragic story because it actually had a glimmer of hope. G, what? GeForce Now. GeForce, oh, really? GeForce Now, because what they, their business model was, you just, basically you're paying five bucks a month to rent our computing power with NVIDIA, mm. and you sign into your Steam account, and that's it. So you, your games you own, you're just playing them through their cloud service. 
Then all of a sudden, all the developers like 2K pulled their games, Rockstar pulled their games, all these companies pulled. That showed the other glaring flaw with cloud gaming is that that shit could... I was like... Because it was like, dude, I went to Starbucks and I was playing Doom 2016 on the little Atom computer at 60 frames per second maxed out with cloud gaming would do through GeForce now I'm like shit this actually has a lot of promise this I could see being the future and then it got all that's pretty crazy yeah it is that that really is it's interesting because as as video games become more and more of like a like a digital thing we're kind of facing this problem a lot more often where let's say for instance like let's say your average way of playing a game was through streaming and you decide to stream a little bit of uh, the PT the 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 what was it? Was it playable teaser? The playable teaser for Silent Hill. That's gone now. Yeah, that's if it. If you had downloaded it, you could still play it. You could still play that game currently if you downloaded that game or that demo. But it's gone forever now. And if you had relied solely on streaming, you wouldn't have had a shot in the dark of playing that game ever again. And it's it's stuff like that. Like DuckTales was pulled uh, and then brought back. And it's just like all these weird like licensing agreements are like are I think the bane. Of, of cloud gaming, I, I really do think they're going to be more and more of a problem as as it continues to evolve. Well, yeah, if you think back to like the SNES and and Sega Genesis days and NES, you know, you, you have a physical copy of a game. No one, you know, the company can't come to your house and go into your closet and take it. <laughs> you know, right. I mean, it's yours. You know, I even think of one of the games I really like from the previous generation or the seventh generation was uh, Scott Pilgrim versus the World. It was a beat 'em up. Oh yeah. Can't get it anymore. It's it. It's gone. Whereas if I had a physical copy of it, guess what? Yeah, it's it, it sucks. There weren't even any. They didn't even make physical copies of that game, did they? No, they never like made them. Nope, they did. Yeah. And that's the thing. If you, there's no physical copies, it's a great beat 'em up that's gone, and you can't get it. Which I don't understand why. I think they could make more money off of it. It was a great game, but yeah, it's uh, the point being is that that's the problem with all. I mean, digital is convenient, man. Especially with what's going on right now. I download games right onto my Switch, which I usually do anyway, but it's just nice. You do maternal, just downloaded it on my PC, you know? Yeah. But there's something to be said about always having that physical copy, even though let's keep it real, physical copies are half-baked anyway because you have to download a bunch of updates. So oh, we're, we're yeah, s- yeah. I think um, we were talking about this on the podcast where like Spyro, the Reignited Trilogy, only had, I think, the first game on it, <laughs> and you had to download the rest. So even if you just... Even if PSN went down forever... And you bought Spyro, you'd only get the first. <laughs> you really only get the first game. And yeah. who knows if it would even launch? Yeah, in that it, state, it's only like the digital copies or physical copies. I mean to say, are just symbolic now. It's like it's like it's just like the hush up people. So like yeah, exactly. Here, here, it's like a little. Um, it's like it's the equivalent of giving somebody the unplugged controller for Player Two. It's like <laughs> ah, you know, you can feel like you own this, but you really don't. Yeah, you really, you really don't. It's nice to have the box, though. I get it. Although the box has lost a lot of charm without the manuals, I would say. Like, I feel like that was when I stopped getting boxes. When I was like, oh, these don't even come with, like, cool manuals anymore. It's just, like, some weird um, laminated slab with a code on it. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, it's... uh, That was when I was like, ah, you know what? Fuck it. I'll just download everything. And I think that's kind of what they're trying to get us to go towards which you know is the reason why GameStop is slowly ceasing to exist we could actually talk about GameStop too because they've been real pieces of shit lately (laughs) with everything (laughs) going on um, did you see that uh, conference call yes from Camelot I actually had him on the podcast yeah that was so that was insane (laughs) 
There were if the cops were they're trying to say they're an essential business. What the fuck is essential about you? Essential is Doom Eternal and Animal Crossing come out, and that's going to be our best day of the year so far, and we need to stay open for that. <laughs> that's what essential means. And I felt so bad for the employees because, dude, like, I mean, I have a, I did a video and I have an Xbox One still here. That was actually in decent shape. But you ever see those? I actually got a PS3 uh, used one from them. Mm. It was like sticky. Oh, my <laughs> like, God. You know that, like, especially because people are looking for cash right now because people are getting laid off. Like, could you imagine the, the amount of germs and viruses and oh other shit that are on them? There was a video I was, I, I talked about this in another podcast where they opened up the ps4 and there were a bunch of roaches in there would you want to be taking that shit in right now <laughs> oh my fucking god what, what is it with they um yeah roaches burrow in in like consoles and pcs sometimes but why it's the so p they like they love ps4s though why not the xbox one i don't i don't see as many videos anyway with the x it has to be something with the design i think you know what it is it's probably the enclosed um they like enclosed spaces and the xbox one typically has more ventilation although the newer ones don't i guess so yeah i guess i guess there really is no good reason like the original like the vcr one was just covered in vents so like i could see why you know that wouldn't be ideal but i I think that was because microsoft was so afraid of another red ring they just made the thing as big as possible with the fan that was like a windmill yeah just a a big fucking fan (laughs) It's just like, yeah, let's just make sure. I'm surprised that they put a fucking refrigerating unit in it. Yeah, that that's why I think that thing was as big as... Then they're like, yeah, we figured it out now. But yeah, ro- there was a video by this guy called Tronics Fix, and he opened it up, and it was just like a colony of fucking roaches inside of the PlayStation 4. But That would be it for me, man. That would be it. I'd be... I, you know what? I don't need video games anymore. Like I can't. You, I can't with roaches. But just, I feel so like... Imagine, especially if you're like a college kid... Like, to people that work at grocery stores with everything going on right now, crazy respect for them because they're important. And it makes you realize how much more important those workers are than they even, like, we've realized, you know? Oh, without a doubt, yeah. But you imagine, like, you're a college kid working at GameStop and they're, like, risking your health or literally your life so you could because you have to go in for, like, 10 hours a week. It's just insane, man. It's just insane. It's a really insane proposition that they were an essential business. I Like, I really... I, I can't I can't even twist an argument in like some weird kind of alternate reality brain space where that could even be true. Yeah, like Walmart has an argument. Target even has an argument. They they have none. I mean, the only argument they can make but it's not one that's valid or can hold any weight is that we close right now because we're already in financial turmoil. We're fucked, but Okay, that sucks for you. That's not your employee's problem. Right. Yeah. It's it's crazy, man. Like, uh, GameStop is just such a... I haven't been inside a GameStop in a very long time. And I'd imagine if I saw one and I went inside, I'd be probably pretty sad. Well, I have to say, nine... I mean, I do go once in a while. If I, like, if I want to get something physical, like, I... I, I Sometimes I want to get 360 games or something, or I pick up mm, I pick yeah. up a physical copy for current gen. I do get good um, customer service there. There has been one time recently where the guy was a jackass, but 99% of the time I do. But yeah, there's just this just shows you with what's going on right now with COVID the how unnecessary they are. Back, imagine if this happened back in like 1998 with this pandemic. 
they would have been like, oh man, I can't get this game. I can't get Resident Evil 2. I can't get this. Now it's just like, all right, I'll just fucking download everything. Who gives a shit? Yeah. I feel like it's going to push a lot of people to digital who have been a little bit reluctant because I don't know if you're going to be willing to wait like however many months this is going to take to blow over to uh, get your hands on Resident Evil 2 or any Final Fantasy 7 remake or any number of things. Or risk um, your life. <laughs> you know, it's- yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not gonna <laughs> you're not gonna go out there and walk in the middle of Chernobyl just to play as Cloud again. You, you know? know? Well it was funny that store and game or it's almost like GameStop here, game in the UK, they they still were open and you had people lined up waiting for Animal Crossing and shit. I'm like you people don't insane. Like have common sense. It's amazing. I was actually it, one of the one of the sad things about this whole thing is it's like I was um I was working on this, and I guess I still am, although it's going to be a lot harder now, because I'm probably going to have to wait for this whole thing to blow over, but I was working on a, a video about the the death of um, midnight releases, and how different they are now, versus how they used to be, and this shit happens, <laughs> and I'm like, I'm so, I was going to go to the Doom Eternal, like, midnight, midnight launch, and I was like, ah, well, uh, <laughs> yeah, and that's not a good idea, all the stacks yeah, didn't maybe, exist. Yeah, exactly, maybe, maybe not now, but, uh. This yeah, man, this this shit's crazy. This shit is um, beyond disruptive. Well, it was interesting you mentioned that though, because I remember going for like Call of Duty Modern Warfare two to that midnight release, and there was mm-hmm. you would think that there was a concert going on inside for like a big band, like it was caught, like people lined up all the way down the road. The parking lot was packed. You would never see that now. No, it was it was even it was even slowing down. Like the last midnight release that I went to was the original Destiny in 20, 2014, I think. I'm pretty sure that's when it came out. Yeah, 2014. And there were a decent amount of people there, but still nowhere near the amount of people that were there when I was at the Halo Reach launch in 2010. Like, the, the Halo Reach launch in 2010 was crazy. There were people... We were lined up outside the outside the GameStop for, like, a while, and there was this dude... I guess the Domino's across the street saw an opportunity, and they had people driving... Uh, pizzas over there being like we got a pepperoni and like just take just taking money for like <laughs> pies it was insane yeah, it was so cool it, it was, was such a neat experience and i feel it's it's kind of sad that 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 kind of thing is definitely like going the way of the dinosaur yeah and you know what kind of is going with it too you notice that you don't see commercials from gamestop anymore where remember where the oh come in and pre-order this game and you get this gigantic dildo along with it like that's not happening anymore <laughs> you, you used to remember it, you said the seventh generation was the generation of like crap where you got a pre-order and you got all these other like these little trinkets along with it you don't see that anymore yeah yeah it's it's a lot more season pass and like that shit oriented now and even that's not even a real really a game pass or a GameStop thing that's just that's just how the industry works it really is a shame like i definitely think um i don't know even with all the crap in you know the the 360 and ps3 generation i do feel like there was an aspect of that generation that I really appreciated and very, very much miss. Not necessarily in in the quality, but like in the just the kind of um, feeling that that era brought about. Like that was like the first real online generation. It was a lot simpler. Like you had like a lot of great middle market games that you don't really see anymore. Like I don't think. It's astounding to me that they're remaking Destroy All Humans because that was like one of my favorite games from like the PS2 generation. I was like, there's no way they would make this now because like every game now is either like a triple A darling or 
an indie project from like a like a, a small studio. It feels like you don't really get those middle market kind of things anymore. No, you don't get as much experimentation unless it's from it because it's either the AAA companies because they have to put so much production value in there, they have to make that return so they have to go safe. And then you only get the like the newer ideas or or risks risk taking ideas from the indie companies. So you won't get that middle of the road higher production value risk idea because those companies won't do it. So, yeah, some of, yeah, some of my favorite games from that generation weren't even like you wouldn't find them on a top ten list. Like I wouldn't even put them on a top ten list really. But like you know, Dante's Inferno. I I, I like Dante's Inferno a lot. Oh, it was I liked, awesome. Uh, yeah, it was super cool. But like a game a game like that again, it's just like. You're not really get. I feel like you're maybe getting those more now than you did at the beginning of this generation, which was very, very strict. And like, here's an indie, here's a AAA, that's it. Um, but still, it, it doesn't come close to the amount of variety that you had in the P- like games like Vanquish that just that just re released. I don't know if you've played Vanquish. I love but Vanquish. It's amazing! It's a fantastic game. It's not going to be on a top ten list of the decade or anything, but it's definitely something that I think. Uh, you know, people would love if they get if they got their hands on it, and it's I don't know, just sucks that we don't get those kind of things more often. And I feel like the seventh generation was the last generation where you could almost. I understand there were installs. I mean, hell, there was install on a uh, Resistance Fall of Man, and that was a launch game for the PS3. But it was still mm-hmm. like it wasn't where. It, you, now it's like you put a game in a console. It's like, all right, I'm going to go take a shit and eat dinner because I know it's going to be like two hours before the game's ready to play. Maybe I'm exaggerating. No, kind of. <laughs> but you, you get my point. Like, yeah, yeah. You, now, there it was like, okay, like on the 360, you would have like a quick install and then you were playing a game. Now it's like, it's basically the same thing as PC, if not worse. I actually think games install on Steam quicker than they do in the consoles. But, oh, yeah. Yeah, without a doubt. I, I downloaded Half-Life Alex in like 10 minutes. Yeah. Insane. And, and I feel like PlayStation is even, I think, the furthest behind with it. Like Microsoft, they get, I personally they get much spa- faster download speeds in terms of updates and stuff on, on the Xbox One. But, you know, at least it seems like with next generation, they're going to be remedying that where it's everything's going to be almost instant. Yeah, with the, uh, with the SSDs, I think, and stuff like that. I think... I, it's it's weird, man. I think the the PS like I remember that when the PS3 first launched and I, I I had to install everything. I remember being instantly turned off. Like it took me a long time to actually enjoy the PlayStation 3 because the Xbox 360, like some of the games, if you had a game that had an update, yeah, you would have to like install a quick update. But most games you could just pop in and play. It was like very much like a PS2 original Xbox kind of yep. experience of just like putting you put Halo 3 in and it's ready. Like, immediately. Like, you don't have to wait for anything to download or wait for some patch uh, for the most part. It was, like, really rare that you would have to patch a 360 game. But, like, now it's, like, you know, it's ubiquitous. And even Steam without physical copies is just a big-ass install anyway, so. It is true, though, because the 360, it was, it was I remember, but like, I, I used to prefer playing the games on the 360 because it was almost instant. Maybe, like, a, there would be, like, a quick update when you first put the game in. You know, like, yeah, I was just playing because I like playing with a controller because I'm a lazy fat fuck. I was playing um, fear on the 360 because <laughs> I, I don't, I don't like, I'm not I'm not a mouse and keyboard guy. I'm old. I'm a boomer. Oh, no, me, me, me too. I'm, I'm, I'm much the same. Even, I, I have too much PC. muscle memory. I, well, I, I like I play a lot of shit on PC, but like there are some games where I'm like, OK, I have to do mouse and keyboard for this. It's like stuff like uh, 
when I used to play Overwatch and I used to play precision characters, I'm like, okay, I'll I'll do mouse and keyboard. Or if it's something like Counter Strike, absolutely, like you can't play that game with a controller at all. But if I'm like, if I have the choice and I know that it won't impede my experience too much, I'll typically always go for a controller just because I, I have like so many years of muscle memory with this thing that I've gotten really really competent with it, and the thought of just like unlearning that is just really frustrating, especially when, you know, I know from a lot of friends of mine who say like, oh, you know, I went, I went to a mouse and keyboard and I could never switch back. And I'm like, oh, well, I don't want that. <laughs> I well, don't want that. I want to, I want to be able to go both, which is what I can do now currently. So, well, the thing with the mouse and keyboard too, is like, it's okay. I understand the mouse is more precision, but like the, sometimes if a key, like you have to hit run, like you kind of got to put your finger in an awkward place. And, and I just like to sit back have a controller and yeah okay i know it's not gonna i'm not gonna be able to turn as quick as i can with the mouse but it's just it's just more comfortable and i like i have a little yeah. bit of carpal tunnel and using a keyboard bothers it whereas using a controller mostly doesn't so no yeah i know what you mean like my hands are fucked i, pl- I play guitar i edit i play video games it's all i i, I can't i can't i can't oh. i can't crouch over the thing like this oh god no, you're like just, you're like the carpal tunnel poster boy then it's too it's too much man i can't i gotta i gotta i want to be sure that i'm gonna be able to play video games for a long time so you know i'll stick with a controller for now what did you think of because i actually think it's kind of good news what what sony's doing um i i I think people are they all they hear is numbers and they're sleeping on what did you think of the specs with mark cerny's asmr video Because come on, dude, he could like he like I feel like I'm taking a Xanax when I listen to him, and I don't mean that in a bad way. He has a really soothing voice; it's really strange. Yes, but uh, yeah, I think uh, I don't think there's a big deal. I I really think people are like really over exaggerating the the differential in power. Like these are two machines that are obscenely strong. Like regardless of which machine that you choose to get, if the specs stay true to what they actually are on paper currently. Uh, you're going to have a pretty top-notch experience on both of those machines, and I really doubt that the extra two teraflops that the Series X is going to have is going to amount to all that much. Um, it it, it kind of reminds me of... Um, it's not, a, not an exact analogy, but like back when you know the 360 and the PS3 were kind of duking it out, it was obvious that PS3 exclusives were going to look way better because they were utilizing Blu-ray discs. They were using utilizing. Uh, they were being developed by first-party studios that had like a better handle on the intricacies of that weird architecture that they were using. The cell. So yeah. first-party, yeah, the cell architecture. So like a lot of those games ended up looking far better than anything on 360. But conversely, multi-platforms, typically in my experience, always looked and ran better on the 360, just because a lot of developers were a lot more competent on developing for that hardware than they were for the ps3's really weird cell architecture also i think they were like the cell architecture was like super strict in how it allocated memory to different resources on the console but i feel like with this generation like they're so close in in what they actually are and like how they're designed and the architecture and pretty much everything about them are almost i don't want to say identical to avoid sounding like an asshole but they're they're kind of they're pretty. They're both insanely strong, and I don't think a two teraflop jump is going to make all that much of a difference unless a first party studio from Microsoft manages to utilize that in a very very efficient way that maybe a third party dev might not have that much of a handle on. Well, I think it's interesting too is that we're, the jump 
this even from the mid-gen upgrade slash refreshes which were so strange at the time the xbox one x and ps4 pro these are still jumps from them you know like when we went from the 360 to the playstation 3 like when i heard the specs for the ps4 and xbox one it was like eh. you yeah, know, it, yeah. Was, it was it was an upgrade but it was all right these are budget pcs whereas this time it's almost like you're looking at up either like upper mid-range or high end like it's a real big jump and i think people are kind of sleeping on that too yeah no it's insane like my pc i have a pretty beefy pc but like i cannot have ray tracing (laughs) on anything it'll it'll tank my machine yeah because it's just not and people like really have to consider this too like the reason the fact that the last of us and the fact that like gears of war 3 are running the way they run on machines that have 512 or like however many megabytes of RAM on them is insane. And it's, these machines are optimized specifically for one purpose and that is to play games. So even lower end specs on a machine optimized for that singular purpose are going to be far beyond anything. Like I I couldn't run Gears of War on a 512 megabyte PC. Like I I just, like I I really don't think I can. (laughs) No, it would, it, would, it would run like a slideshow, yeah. Yeah, know. it would run like a slideshow. So, like, the fact that these machines are utilizing SSD and, like, the fact that these things are just so much stronger than the previous gen, I think is, is really, really cool, and I don't think it's necessarily... Like, I get it, it's like, ah, console play, bah, ha, ha, yeah, but it's like, you. this is pretty. This is a pretty high-tier experience that is implied by these specs, and I don't think that's anything to scoff at, really. And what people don't realize, too, even if you're a PC elitist, which people consider me that, is even if you don't care about the next-gen consoles, it's going to make your games look better because now they're going to actually utilize the ray tracing hardware better. They're going to actually use higher texture, higher resolution textures and other special effects that because the current generation consoles are holding them back because they still have to make it work on the two consoles and the PC – now you're going to benefit yeah. from that on the next gen, even if you don't buy a next gen console. So, and, and, right. and people also sleep on, oh, you know, Richard, the teraflops for the, the compute performance for AMD is not the same as NVIDIA, but I'm like, it's a console. Like you just said, they're going to utilize it because it's specific hardware they could do things with that they can't do in other places. Yeah, there's a lot of cheeky, like, cheating that goes on with developing for consoles. Like, one of my favorite um, uh, stories is like, there's. I'm I'm not super technologically savvy, but like I saw this one interview about like uh, a Naughty Dog dev who managed to squeeze like an insane amount of power out of the PS1 when they were developing Crash Bandicoot One just by completely rerouting the GPU in the machine for a specific purpose. Which and they knew how that would perform on every PS1 because it's all you know there's a there's a standard that they can run with. Yeah, they can so, dig down to the metal. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So it's there's a lot of cool shit happening, and like I I dabble in everything. Like I have a, a beefy PC, I have a Switch, I have a One X and a Pro. Uh, I just like machines, and I like uh, I don't, I wouldn't consider myself a collector necessarily. Like I don't collect things and like put them in like on like a shelf or anything. But I like the feeling of like opening up a new machine and being like, "Ooh, what's this?" Me and too. I feel like that's honestly, um, I know that's going to I know that's probably not going to go away as far as like getting new upgrades to these machines, but I do feel like this next generation is probably the last hard jump between 
generational systems. I feel like from now on, from here on out, I feel like we're just going to get generational kind of refreshes where, you know, hey, here's a series Y <laughs> or like a PS5, yeah. whatever. I agree, I, man. Yeah, because it doesn't feel like people are really all that willing now to buy a machine unless it's offering something that's very, very beyond what we're capable of or, or beyond what we're used to. But we've gotten very used to the idea of mid-generation refresh, refreshes, like you said, with the One X and the PS4 Pro, but also with like the way our phones work and even with, uh, if we're into gaming, even the way that we upgrade our graphics cards and just any number of components that we're used to consistently kind of replacing um, without actually changing the nature of what we have all that substantially. Um, I feel like that's kind of the new way the new way forward. So you think they're going to kind of iPhone consoles from here on out, basically? Like I think so. I, I feel like the fact that this next generation is called Xbox is really tells you all that you need to know. I feel like Xbox is now a platform, and it's going to be accessible on different devices and different consoles moving forward. But ultimately, what you're going to be getting are stronger versions of the same ultimate experience. Do you think... You bring up an interesting, it's kind of a perfect segue, pricing. How the hell do you think they're going to do it? I don't know. I keep on going back and forth with a million different hypotheses. What do you think they're going to do for pricing? Because they're obviously not going to be cheap boxes. No, no. They're definitely not going to be cheap. I would, um, I think, well, man, this this whole thing changes now with the whole economic situation that we're currently in. But Mm -hmm. pre all of this crazy stuff, I would have guessed $4.99. You don't typically want to go over 500 because the second you go over 500, it becomes a little bit more of a, it becomes more of, you're getting into 599 US dollars territory. Yes, where PS3 territory. Really, it's PS3 territory, and I think Microsoft knows that that's a bad price. I think Sony knows for sure that that's a bad price. Um, Nintendo's never sold anything at that price. Never. So I think, yeah, not to my knowledge, I could be wrong, but like I, I doubt the NES was... <laughs> 599 no. US dollars. But yeah, I think uh, I think 500 is the sweet spot because for what you're getting, if you're getting a machine that can output at the resolutions that they say these things can output at with like ray tracing and like multiple I think the, the Series X can suspend multiple games at once. If you can get all this kind of functionality at the performance levels that they're saying that you can, I think 500 is a pretty fair asking price for that capability. Um, I I wouldn't expect anything lower. Do you think sure. that now, especially with what's going on with the, and Lord knows how long we'll be in this, do you think maybe they'll do almost like a payment plan like they do for phones, where they and it might where they just make you pay mm-hmm. monthly? Well, they do that with the Xbox One now. Like yeah. you can get the Xbox One with like a I think like a. A plan. I think you just pay like a couple dollars a month or like maybe like $10, $20 a month or something like that. And you get to just have a console in your house. Uh, and you get to have like an Xbox One X or an Xbox One S or something. Um, so I, I wouldn't be surprised to see like those kinds of options opened up. I think they I, tried that with the 360 too. Yeah, I think so. I think they have... Uh, Microsoft has been pretty good about consumer-friendly um, business moves as of, as of late. Especially the last, I, I would say like f- four years. They've th- really done a pretty good job. I think Phil Spencer has a lot to do with that, too. Yeah. It's it's insane. Like, I see people clown on Phil Spencer sometimes, and I'm like, you guys clearly don't remember what we... <laughs> you guys do not remember what we had before. He, uh, 
he made did a 180 with them when he took over. Remember, he, you remember before him, they Microsoft was swearing up and down they wouldn't get rid of the Kinect. And as soon as he took over, I don't know if it was directly him, or but it felt like when he took over, he's like, yep, here's an Xbox One with the Kinect. Yeah, it's that Kinect was insane. Like, I couldn't believe... Just so many, again, just going back to the arrogance thing, man. Like, we were, we were the Xbox 360. We dominated the majority of that generation. We got killer apps all over the place. Buy our v- VCR that watches you while you sleep. <laughs> yeah. It's like, the, it's, it's interesting because I just, I don't understand, like, what could have gone through the head of anybody in a meeting room where they were like, yeah. And the thing was is that, I mean, obviously, the Xbox One X turned that around because it ended up being a more powerful console than the PS4 Pro. Not that it really kind of mattered, but yeah, w- you were paying more to have a piece of hardware that you didn't want, and it, the console was actually graphically inferior to its competitor. So you were paying more to get less a- a- for a ca- for an overglorified webcam. <laughs> like if you think about it, that's yeah, what it, it was. was. It had no purpose. Like I had an Xbox One, like not at launch. I, I got it for the the Master Chief Collection, and God knows how that... God. They, um, they finally just fixed it, like, five minutes ago. Yeah, it's definitely better now, and it's cool. I'm glad I have it, but it's also, like, man, it was... It, that game was broken for years. That is, without a doubt, probably the biggest... In my eyes, the biggest blunder of a, of a launch of any game that I've ever seen. Yeah, but really. Yeah, I agree. It's, it was... It was, uh, like, biblical. How non-functioning that title was and I, I i understand to some extent like why it would be a difficult game to develop you're juggling like ha- however many different engines on a single you know program I, like, I i totally get how something like that could be like totally botched but just delay it just they, they didn't wait want until to it's that. finished because yeah, well, I think so there was a dearth yeah. of games for the console. I don't think they want. But yeah, think about that was an undertaking. I mean, you had Halo initially. What was it? Halo one, two, three, and four. Yeah, like four different fucking games. And yeah, four. Yeah, four different engines. Four all running on four different netcodes. All running on four different engines. All running on four different multiplayer suites. It's it, it is it's a huge undertaking, and I, I'm glad I'm glad that it exists now because it's awesome and i can't wait for all of it to be available on pc i'm it's gonna yeah. it's gonna be a fucking wonderful day for me but um yeah man that was uh that, that was the saddest <laughs> that was the saddest i've ever been on the launch of of a, of a game ever yeah that was so i remember that pissing me off too i remember trying to get an online matches and it just it just wouldn't happen like i'm like what is this you know yeah. this was supposed to be like there because i think that came out like holiday of 2014 if i'm right right yeah, it came out in I believe November of 2014. Yeah, because next year was Halo 5, which was also but, I didn't I didn't mind Halo 5. I thought it was okay. I mean, I didn't yeah. beat it, but I thought it was as okay. As a as a video game, it's fine. Like I think as a as a first-person shooter, as a sci-fi FPS, it's it's very very competent and I think actually pretty good in a lot of ways. But it's not necessarily what I look for in a Halo game. It's it's kind of like Doom, like when the Doom multiplayer uh, when Doom 2016 had that weird multiplayer suite and they had like a beta before launch and it was the beta that made everybody worry about Doom 2016 before it ended up being a fantastic Amazing. yeah yeah but like that's like that multiplayer where you had like hey it's Doom but also like here's like perks and like uh, this isn't this isn't what I go to like I don't go to Doom for this you know what I mean 
What, on a different subject, I almost forgot to ask it. What the hell happened with you and Kotaku? Wait, what? What happened with you and Kotaku? You had a video up where Kotaku... Oh, would, right. I know I t- kind of totally changed gears, but there <laughs> it just popped into my head like right this second. What the hell happened? If I'm being honest, I don't fully remember because I tend to I tend to just sort of find something. If if uh, if a website or like some person that I'm not a huge fan of does a, an article or a video on me, I typically watch it and I, I either do something with it or I don't, and then I just sort of like forget about it because I just don't really care that much. But I think from what I remember, Kotaku just kind of wrote this article about how like me and Colin uh, Colin Moriarty, who's previously at IGN and c- kind of funny, he does he hosts the podcast, The Sacred Symbols, with me. And we were going to have a panel at PAX, I believe East. I believe PAX East. I might be wrong. It's one of the PAXs. Um, and we were going to have like one of the main theaters, and we were going to have our podcast streamed, and it was going to be just like a live episode of our, of our PlayStation podcast, where I was probably just going to gush about how much I love Crash Team Racing for about an hour. And I think... Somebody had gotten word that we were going to, like, who we were and, like, what we did, whatever that meant, and kind of no. canceled our appearance at the show, and uh, we were essentially booted, and we weren't offered any refunds. They they asked us to promote packs based on the idea that we would be there, and then they just didn't really do anything about the fact that they booted us with no explanation and no reason. And Kotaku wrote this article about how like conservative and and right wing we were (laughs) no yeah it was it was really weird because it's like colin is is a conservative guy but like he's not he's not like an alt-right dude (laughs) like at all he's more conservative than me but he's no he's not all right by any stretch of the imagination yeah and i'm i don't know what's I, i don't know what they were thinking with me (laughs) <laughs> but like they they had all these things like oh chris is chris has all these right right wing videos and i'm like I, I i really don't think i do but uh, all right i'm so fucking That's tired fair i'm so fucking tired of cancel culture man uh, it's, it's 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 very strange it but, is uh, because yeah. i almost feel like we're regressing i almost feel like we got over this hump like 30 years ago or 20 years ago and we're now we're going yeah, yeah. we're going in reverse now we're going back to things that we already kind of i guess you could say conquered where you're free to say whatever the f- i mean there's consequences always to when you say certain things but it, oh for sure yeah but like let's bring up like roseanne for a second i'm not saying what she said was right for anyone who's a good but i feel like even roseanne if she said that in 2013 she may have gotten shit but her show wouldn't have been canceled no, yeah, I think you're right. I, I think so. And, and let's be real. You you hired Roseanne. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like what did you, like who are you expecting to get when you hire Roseanne? Are you not expecting to get Roseanne? Like it, it would be like hiring Chevy Chase and being like, "Oh, you know what? Chevy Chase is a bit of an asshole." It's like, "Wow, yeah, really? You hired him." I mean, like Ro- you you bought this show based on this person. Like you should have some expectation that they're going to be who they are and if like i get it if you want to like be like hey man d- don't do that you know or, like but I-, I don't know if it's worth destroying you know people's create because at-, at the same time too it's like you're putting an entire team of people out of like out of it yeah out of work like, out of work it's not just the person who's effective and, and, and who's affected by that and, and like maybe 
that's a conversation too where it's like oh well you know maybe that person should be a little bit more responsible if they're if they could potentially be responsible for a lot of people losing work but at the same time it's i i don't know i feel like it's it's a little bit weird to just sort of throw a bunch of people under the bus just because some person said something that was not ideal or not cool but that that's like and Colin's actually coming on he actually just emailed me he's coming I'll, I'll talk to him more about it. even what happened with him with kind of funny you know I mean I, I know mm, that, yeah. that that it's just we're at a point now where you could even say something that's taken out of context in a social media post that's why I need to step away from my friggin phone sometimes because people are literally getting to sh- people are looking like I look at you may you could like him, you could dislike him, but even like Jenk Uger, the whole thing that happened with him, where people were looking at like blog posts when he was a conservative mm-hmm. back like in nineteen ninety nine. Oh, oh yeah, it was ridiculous. Like you even had right wingers who hate him defending him. Like they're like, dude, seriously, it happened to yeah. like twenty one fucking years ago. I was it's the principle. It's the principle of the matter. Like it's one thing. Like it's one thing if it's like, hey, you know, twenty years ago you uh, drove a school bus full of children into a river and killed them. And, you know, it's like, that's one thing. It's like, ah, you know, maybe, you know, maybe, maybe not forgive and forget for that (laughs) necessarily. But But like when it's like, but when it's like, oh, you had opinions 20 years ago. Are you like, I I feel like that's normal to to have different views that you, than you did like 10 15 20 years ago like does anybody stay the same for that long dude i have different views than i had like five years ago i mean i look back at how i was when i was 25 and i was a fucking idiot like i I have different opinions than i did a year ago yeah me too (laughs) it's It's insane and we're in this you know what that was one thing about look i'm not anti-Trump like a lot of other people I consider myself fairly fairly progressive but I don't you know I didn't cry myself to sleep with a slice of pizza in my hand like a lot of people did when he got elected in 2016 right but I just feel that there's just so I lost my damn train of thought I I, I, Jesus it happens yeah yeah I think it is very just bizarre because like I feel like I'm pretty I, I i guess i wouldn't say progressive although like for all intents and purposes i feel like I, I would like if i was writing things down i feel like i would say that but i'm kind of a like i don't think there are certain words that i that i think are okay <laughs> that i that i feel like most progressives might not think is okay oh but, here's here's what I, i'm sorry finish what you're gonna say that i remember what i was gonna say no sorry. yeah I, I but like yeah I, I was i was not i remember when when hillary won the nomination and i was like okay well it's over then like like the second she won the nomination i was like oh trump's gonna win so like i was just not upset at all like by the time like when the election rolled around because i was like yeah of course like did you not (laughs) pay attention at all i remember kind of like "Mm, i think trump may have a chance and then i would say like look hillary has been you know she's been corporatist in the i said here's what i remember saying to people since we're going down the political rabbit hole fuck it I remember saying to people, everyone's like, oh, Trump will never win. I'm like, you, but everyone knows that Hillary has a very corporatist background. They know she's going to be in more of the status quo, more of the establishment. They may take the chance on Trump. I wouldn't sleep on him. And everyone was like, I, or I, I even got the people were saying, they're like, oh, Rich, you just don't want her in office because she's a woman. And I'm like, I don't give a yeah, yeah. fuck I got what that her lot. gender is. I don't care what her gender, I don't care what a president's gender is. I, care I about got that policies. a lot. 
I got that a lot back in the day because because I, I would make fun of Hillary a lot, and I was like, why don't you? Oh, why aren't you making fun of like this person or that person? And it's like, why are you so against a woman being in office? And it's like, those people were completely silent when I was like, I really like Tulsi Gabbard. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was insane. It it really is just like whenever they feel is like, oh, here's a convenient time to have this opinion, and then like here's a time where that opinion is inconvenient, so I just will no longer have it. You know, it's, yeah, it's it, very it, tailored. It's a, it's like that herd mentality. You either, you either have, um, he was the author of the movie and the band played on. I can't think of his name right now, but, uh, he, he wrote the book for it. He's like, you either have the opinion or you have no opinion. And it's the truest. I just heard that like a few weeks ago. I'm like, wow, that is the truest, like mic drop one line I've ever heard because it's true. You, you either agree with the group or you're ostracized by them and they like want to ruin your career, you know? Yeah, it's really weird. I, I definitely feel like it's I don't know, maybe maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like it's been slowing down compared to like what it was what it used to be. I feel like it used to be like really like in 2016, 2017, 2015, I feel like it was I feel like it was uh 2015 I feel like it was it was when it was starting like ramping up like crazy. And 2016, 2017 were like peak. But I feel like lately I feel like because so much of what's been happening lately has been so transparent like like um i, I don't know if you read the, the most recent marvel thing where it's like here here's the new cast of or like there's some like new comic book line about um these really weird characters that were like oh here's snowflake and safe space no did you see that no i didn't they have these heroes that are just sort of based on like modern day teens and like one of them was like snowflake and safe space and they were like this this team of like non-binary superheroes that had like oh one can make snowflake shurikens and one can like make force fields and they <laughs> it seems like was this i'm hoping this was parody right no this is real this is marvel and oh, like no. the, the, and the thing is it's like oh. that like the idea of having like a non-binary hero isn't like a bad idea the problem is it like it seems so obviously like a token thing where it's like he, we're gonna use this moniker and use this group of people almost to make a joke out of them even though we're trying to be sincere and it comes it came across everybody's shit on it like even people who are like non-binary or like in the lgbt it's like this is this is cringe and horrible and i feel like in 2016 i feel like that wouldn't have been the case if, the, if that same story happened in 2016 i feel like you would have a lot more people being like oh no that's a, that's a great idea but like i feel like now it's very clear that companies and even a lot of figureheads are just sort of jumping on this kind of woke bandwagon without actually walking the walk they're just sort of like parroting themselves and puppet puffing their chest out for like points um i I feel like one of the things like whether it be a tv show i i don't care i i hate when there's either forced sexuality or they like announce the jet the the sexual preference of a game character i don't care <laughs> oh like in uh overwatch like in like press tour or like in uh over they did that with overwatch too it's like that's not, oh yeah with tracer right yeah i don't think of that like or even like my fiance watches some tv shows uh, and like it's like you see like the sex scene forced in there i don't care if it's the most gorgeous woman on the planet it has nothing to do like why is it there? It just feels like it's like okay, there there's sex for the like it's like it's like a soft core porn for no fucking yeah. reason. 
Yeah, I, and, I get you. And I almost feel like they ha- they almost feel like either whether it be with games or TV shows or whatever, whether it be for political or whether it just be to have sex in there for the sake of sex. It's like if it fits, it's fine. If talking about the character's gender is going to further a, or, or sexual preference is going to add to the story. I have no issue with it. It's not that I have an issue with that, but mm, yeah, it's just it's like saccharine. It's like it's forced in there. For- you can definitely feel when things are, and I feel like this goes for for anything. I feel like even beyond just gender and and any any political thing, really, I feel like people can smell insincerity. Yes, and that really it really does come across pretty obviously when it's done for either optical reasons or for you know just uh, points like I, I feel like um like one of the one of the things that i saw a lot of people getting angry about like kind of recently i think like maybe like a year or two god my perception of recently is totally skewed now but when the last of us had that trailer where like ellie was dancing with that uh that woman and like the, and it like flash forward from from that scene of her dancing into combat and like back again I saw like a lot of comments being like, "Oh, they're forcing this character's sexuality down." It's like I didn't really feel that way at all. I feel I felt like it was very actually cinematically really well done, and also just like we already knew that this character was gay. Like there was already like a like way back in I think twenty fourteen twenty I think twenty fourteen when there the was DLC DL- for- yeah there was DLC. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. There was DLC for the original Last of Us where you found out about her sexuality. That's why I kind of took back because, in my opinion, if, uh, I thought it felt forced at first too. But I was like, wait, I forgot about the DLC. So no, it kind of actually is part of the natural evolution it's, of the story. Yeah, it's just a character. Like I, I like in the same way that I wouldn't. Um, in the same way that I wouldn't feel weird about you know Peter Parker and Spider Man PS4 obviously being interested in Mary Jane. Like I, I don't feel any. I don't feel weird about Ellie being a lesbian. It just makes it's just like that's the character and that's fine. But there are certain there are definitely certain times where like in this case with like the snowflake and safe space stuff where it's like you're just you're actually just trying to like nobody thinks this way. Like nobody who is called these things thinks about this themselves in this way. It and just it, comes across as really tone deaf and really obviously like just trying to be seen. And I More almost and I almost feel like it almost seems like they're objectifying them. If anything, they're going, they're hurting that community yeah. by objectifying. It would it. be like it would be like having a superhero named Captain Gay. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's like, what are you doing? <laughs> Which is weird because Marvel actually does a, a uh, or it did. I don't know. Like I'm not really that big into comics, but like from what I remember, like Miles Morales is gay or, or bi or something, and like that was handled pretty well so like i i don't know i guess there's different people working on different things which is fair enough but my thing is if it's done whether you you end up having a straight character gay character transsexual doesn't matter if it's done in a way that adds to the story and adds flair that's all i care about but if it's done and if it's sincerely what they want to do and if it's not like some motive this decision motivated by oh this will make a splash and get eyes on our thing because that's what i definitely feel like this was yeah I can't stand that. I, I totally agree with you. Where if, if it adds to the story, I don't, I'm all for it. If it's there for shock value, it almost that that to me almost makes it seem offensive. Like you're just putting it in there to get eyes on it, not because you're trying to add to the story or, or send a message. You know? Yeah. That's all, that's another thing too. I doubt there's I doubt there's a message to to any of that. <laughs> no. There's no message. There's no message to Snowflake and Safe Space other than non-binary people are people too. And it's like, yep, yeah. It, it, no, the message is revenue. Most people would agree. 
most people would agree, I would feel. The message is revenue, that, and they want people yeah, to... Yeah, exactly. Uh, sit, they want us to sit there and talk about it to maybe get more clicks or views on it. So It's frustrating talking about this stuff, too, because it's like... I feel like even just having this view is like, oh, you're one of those get woke, go broke people. You know what I mean? And I hate that, too. I feel like even if you like if you're just talking about it, you're just kind of instantly like thrown into the like this this toxic pit of just like a bunch of people who are just terrible for no reason. Well, well, that's the thing where you you have to I think that's just the human ape brain where you have to be in a group. You can't yeah, just yeah, have sure. independent thought where it's like, I feel this way about this. Oh, you're such a progressive cuck. Oh, I feel this way about this. Oh, you're a, conser- you're a conservative, whatever other adjectives they can do. I'm like, no, I just look at yeah. something with for each situation and I just think it through and I think this is my thoughts on her. This is my take on it. You know, but everyone wants you to just be like in their group. And if you're outside of it, then it's like you're the enemy. It's it just it's frustrating. Yeah. I do. I'm glad that it, uh, in in my, like, from my perspective, even, like, being in L.A., which is, you know, like, I would assume it's pretty, you know, uh, progressive as far as, like, the, the, the social fabric is. I don't, I don't feel um, as antagonized as I did back in 2016 or, or 2017. There were, there were times where, like, I just straight up couldn't talk to people. Because, like, they would just be like, ah, oh, fuck off. Like, I don't want to hear, I don't want to hear this. Like, how dare you not vote for Hillary? But it's like, now it's it's i feel like people have been accustomed to this a little bit more and i feel like a lot of people i feel like a big factor is too like i feel like a lot of people have been burned by it now whereas like before when it was like kind of like the new thing on the block to be like you said this years ago well now several years have passed and i'm sure you said something in 2016 that maybe now you don't really think that much about and maybe you don't really identify with and a lot of people have been like oh yeah maybe maybe it's not a big deal to change your mind and, and, and you know, this is what I was going to say before, and I had the biggest brain fart of the century, is that when Trump got elected, mm-hmm. I remember there was a lot of people thinking, yeah, all, all those all those snowflakes, all those people that are woke, they're going to shut up now. I'm like, no. And it did happen, too. I'm like, if anything, it's going to make them worse because now it's oh, like, yeah. it's like p- pouring salt on the wound. And I think that's why for the first couple of years Trump was, was in office – you had more people, like you were saying, during like 2016 and 17 being more sensitive because it was because Trump got in, they felt like they had to be more defensive and look yeah. for any reason to be offended. Now it's like, oh, wow, Trump wasn't as bad as we thought he was going to be. You know, they're like, put and now we have a pandemic going on too, so people have other things to worry about as well. So, yeah, yeah, people aren't really focused on <laughs> being offended. Mean, mean, yeah, mean tweets. When there's busy wondering if the air outside is going to knock them. Yeah, dude. But, I, I think, uh, yeah, it's it's definitely it's definitely weird. I, I do think we're better now, like pandemic notwithstanding. Uh, I do I, feel, I do think things have uh, improved, maybe not vastly, but enough. You know, yeah, I think we're we're getting to. It. Well, we'll see what happens with the twenty twenty election too. It may start all over again if Trump gets reelected, which if Biden ends up being the nominee, he, I, both Chris and I said this on Twitter. Trump's going to be in there for another four years. Remember this on that podcast. If we're wrong, we're wrong, but I guarantee you that we're not. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure. I'm, I'm pretty positive. He just, um, he's fallen over himself every day. I just put out a video today <laughs> where I did, um, I had this tweet that kind of exploded where I was like, hey, you know, if you just type in, uh, I'm running for president because and let autofill fill in the rest, it just sounds like a real Joe Biden quote. And I just, I did this whole video just making a speech out of everybody's <laughs> autofills. 
And it just sounds it just sounds like a Joe Biden speech. Like it just does. He's tripping all over himself. Did you see that one where like it was like super recent where he was like uh he just sort of gives up mid sentence and he yes. forgets the word he forgets the word died. Wasn't he looking at on his phone at like questions? Is that what the video Yeah, was? he was like he was just or when he said uh there was another thing too, it's like we have to deal with the cure because that's the biggest threat of them all or something. And it was like, what are you, what are you saying? Like, I feel bad for the guy, honestly. Like, I, I feel like I wouldn't be surprised. And this is not coming from any, like, this isn't even coming from a political place. But I do feel like you are probably going to learn if Joe Biden loses, which is pretty likely. And even if he, even if he wins by some miracle. I feel like we're going to learn about some crazy elder abuse shit in the Biden campaign because he just the dude does not seem well. I feel like there's a part of me that feels like he's being made to run. Um, yeah, that's pretty conspiratorial, but it's just like he's just he's not well, man. The dude needs to like relax. I mean, he, what is he? Seventy eight? Like, why? It's not even you- that. It's it's not that he's that old. It's that he seems even older. Like yes. he could be, he could be eighty. But if he was talking, he could be eighty or like eighty-five. But if he was talking like any of the other candidates were talking, it would probably be relatively fine. But he's seventy-eight and he's talking like he's talking like he's ninety-nine. Like he's forgetting what he's saying. He's forgetting where he is. He's he's forgetting words. He thought his wife was his sister. <laughs> yeah, there's. I don't know. I, I feel bad for him. I will say though, during the debate he just had with Bernie, that he did seem very lucid. I don't know. Maybe. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, I was. Well, just, that's what happens. What well, what they did was this used to happen with a lot of the debates. Whenever um, when they had the the multi candidate debates that we all got real sick of real quick. He, um, you know, he would start off pretty okay, and then like towards the end, he would sort of lose it. And I feel like maybe they're. I don't know. This is all just bullshit because I'm just pulling it straight out of my ass. But I feel like maybe they're just giving him something. <laughs> like a caffeine thing or like any number of things to just keep him on his toes. And I do feel like the lack of other people makes it a little bit easier to focus. But um, yeah, that last debate was frustrating because I just wanted Bernie to be more angry. And he wasn't at all like that. Bernie's too nice. Bernie's a nice guy. And like, that's the biggest problem with him because he just doesn't go for the jugular when he, when he really should. And when he has a lot of good arguments to make, he just doesn't. That's why people were saying that, oh, if Bernie got the nomination, he would steamroll over Trump. I'm like, you, I mean, I think he would have a better chance than Biden, but Bernie always stays above the belt. You know Trump ain't staying above the belt. Yeah, maybe. Trump would say whatever the fuck he would need to say to get the second term. I feel like I feel like Bernie would be fine going below the belt with Trump, though. I feel like the problem is because he's fighting fellow Democrats who are like theoretically his friends and people who he works with and people who he sees often. I feel like that kind of makes him want to be like, ah, oh, you know, maybe I, maybe I won't be like an asshole. But like with Trump, I don't feel like he would be compelled to go above the belt. I feel like the the fact that he disparages him constantly in debates that really don't have much to do with him directly as a person kind of shows that but also i was saying this before the election i feel like it's difficult it's difficult to beat an incumbent anyway yes you know? it is it usually um, is typically yeah. it's very difficult to beat an incumbent president so the likelihood if either of these people win is that trump wins this 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 whole pandemic might be a might be a huge wrench in the system like there's no way 
like I firmly believe now that there's really no way to predict how this election will go just because there's so many facets now that have never really been accounted for. Like the fact that like, how is voting going to work now for people who don't normally do paper ballots or people who maybe find that entire process to be more tedious or more exerting than just going to the poll and, and voting? Like, how is that? How does that affect turnout? Are old people going to want to go out to vote knowing that they could be at risk of potentially dying? Are young people going to want to turn out at all? It's going to be a weird... It's weird, man. It, this is this is a weird time to predict, so I, I wouldn't want to make any, like, solid statements on, like, like what would have happened when. Or, but, like, I, I do feel like, generally speaking, it is difficult to beat an incumbent. And... In my opinion, that would make it so like, hey, if you have a likelihood that you're going to lose, why not just throw the guy in that might have the best shot, which to me is Bernie. Me like the fact that they're so the fact that they're so adamant about getting Biden in just to lose. Because here's the thing that I think too, it's like you if you get Bernie in and he loses, you've just shut up a lot of people for like a long time. Now you, you, yeah, that's have, a like, good point. I didn't think of that. Yeah, like it's all the people who's like Bernie would have won. Bernie would have won, it's, and then he loses, and it's like, all right, well, now they're wrong, and now you don't really have to worry about them screaming. But if he wins, then like, hey, which is I think what they they're afraid of. Um, they're scared shitless of it. Yeah, they're scared. They're far more scared of that. I think the farm um, the pharmaceutical company. Wasn't it when when Biden won a bunch of states that like a bunch of stocks for pharmaceutical companies skyrocketed? Or, or, or uh, mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. Yeah, and it's like, dude, man, just I just want Bernie to I just want Bernie to be the nominee. The nominee. I don't care if he wins or loses. Typically, right now, because everything's so crazy that I, I feel like there's a lot more important shit to me. But yeah, me too. I would just like four more years of any period of time where I don't have to hear this would have happened, you know, or this would have happened, or this <laughs> yes. he won, or, or like all this because I feel like if Bernie got the nomination and won or lost a lot of those arguments would be gone forever and we wouldn't have to deal with like that type of crazy anymore it, exactly like if he was the nominee and, and Trump still beat him because like I said it isn't guaranteed that if Bernie was the nominee that he would Bernie yeah. would win it would just shut up like, oh Bernie would have won but he went up against Trump and he lost yeah oh and yeah you're right now people now people if that were to happen then people making the argument that I make, which is like you want an you don't want an establishment candidate. You want somebody on the outside, um, or at least somebody who's populist. You, you would shut all those people up, and they wouldn't have a leg to stand on because they would have a perfect experiment. And that's the reason. And that's the reason why the the Bernie people aren't shutting up is because we have, we've already had the Biden experiment. Like 2016 was the Biden experiment. Yeah, they're, that's they're, why they don't shut up. And, and, <laughs> so just because, let them shut they, up. Let them nominate. Not here's here's my pitch. Nominate Bernie so they can sh- so we can shut up. <laughs> so they can shut up. Yeah. That would be a great world to live in where everybody just shuts fuck up. And, and their argument is true. It's like, you know, Hillary is no different than Biden. Like, they're both corporatist establishment data- ca- candidates. So just... But again, there's the, the establishment and the corporations are so afraid of Bernie getting in office where he, he would make Medicare for all and all these other things that they don't want. They'd rather just not have even the risk and, ha- and try to force someone like senile Joe in. That's why they're, they're shoehorning yeah. him in and he can't even put a fucking sentence together. <laughs> yeah, I think that's the, the saddest thing is it's like, you know, 
it's one thing if it's like I, I totally get it if you have like policy disagreements on on with candidate A or candidate B, but like even just from a sheer just like wellness standpoint, I feel yes. like I don't know at least substitute Biden out for the the other guy, like somebody who came in second but before like below him. Yeah, someone who like could finish a sentence. Somebody who could finish anything. Put put Buttigieg back in there. Put anyone, anyone but Biden, man. Like his, he's just not well. He's not. He's not well. Like you can't convince me that he, it's just a stutter. No, he, he didn't sound like this five years ago. Or you look at him when, at he, all. when, he, when he there was there's videos of him in Congress when he was younger, or or, or or and having like he just his speech patterns were completely different. Like you could see his cognitive abilities were much better. He That's was, like you know what's interesting about that. It's like it's the same. I don't know if you remember this, but when George Bush was in office, there was that video going viral of, uh, of him. I think in Congress or in the Senate or wherever the hell he was before, like I think before 2000, I think it was like, it maybe might have even been like the early 90s where he's debating on the floor and he sounds kind of like a genius. He sounds like incredibly coherent, <laughs> which is just hilarious to compare that to like, you know, the Bush that was, you know, in the White House. Yeah, he um, was he was all there, though, but it was it, it's. Yeah, it's interesting even looking at Trump videos. You know, I guess maybe you could also go and just that as human beings, as we get older, even if we aren't senile, we just change. Cause yeah, yeah, we, yeah, for if, sure. If you listen to Trump talk when he was younger, he sounds a lot different than he did when than he does now. But I, I don't – they used to try to hold that against Trump. And obviously now comparing Trump to Biden, it's like, come on, really? You know what I mean? Like Trump is definitely – his cognitive abilities yeah. are far superior than Biden's. You know, yeah, no, he's definitely like more. He definitely has a better handle on like what to say and when to say it. Even if I think he's like wrong a lot. Um, yeah, me too. He, he doesn't come across as somebody who's completely inept. He comes across as somebody who's just kind of an asshole. Like when he was like, uh, the thing I hate most about Trump is that I, I do think he's funny. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's my my biggest problem with him is that, like, fuck, man, you're you're. That was funny. Like when he was on stage with the Dr. Fauci or whatever, and or like not not Dr. Fauci, like the the, the lady, and he was like, he was talking about how like oh you you know how there's like a lot of journalists aren't here who are outside and they're like clamoring to get in. Like how long is it going to be like that? How long do you think they're going to be like begging to get in? <laughs> it's just like what are you doing? He's this and, is his, this is hysterical. And my thing is he he's still like bickering with other politicians on Twitter, and, and I'm just like, it has nothing to do with. Politi- like, like my political affiliations it's just like dude even if it was Bernie doing that because I put it out there he's who I was hoping it was going to be going up against yeah. yeah me too like if Bernie was typing like oh Cuomo is bitching about them like dude isn't there other things that you have to talk, talk do right now I don't care if it was Obama doing that like it has which I disagree with Obama on many things too like put down the phone and worry about the fucking pandemic you know what I'm yeah. saying? It has nothing to do with pol- politics. It's like there's a bigger thing going on than you being pissed off at Cuomo, you know? For sure. But I do, I do think people like that, – that's the one thing. It's like people think that's like uh, one of the worst parts of his presidency. I feel like it's the one part of his presidency that I kind of like is the fact that he's just like this weird asshole on Twitter. Like I can't think of really much that I agree with him on, but just the, the fact that a president is going on Twitter, Twitter and, being, and being like – Mitt Romney, uh, Mitt Romney's in isolation. So sad. So sad. I can barely speak. 
<laughs> it's like, what are you doing? Like, what a pr- like, what a prick. He may have a, like it's so a, stupid, and he's definitely an asshole. But like, I always, I, I, I chuckle often whenever I see he he tweets something. I don't know, man. It'll be an interesting next four years because I have a feeling we're going to have it. The only thing that could change it is if he ha- he screws up something with this pandemic. That's the only thing I can well, see I mean, him he's, not. He's not doing a great job so far. So. No, he's not. Yeah. He, we really should have quarantined as soon as Wuhan had the quarantine. Like, in in my opinion. Because, like, like, you don't quarantine over shit that's, like, not a big deal. You know? Like, you don't quarantine over, like, oh, man, there's bad rice. You know, it's not a thing that happens. You quarantine over shit that's like Resident Evil tiered, like crazy shit. So we we saw for a while what was going on in Wuhan. They basically shut everything down right away. Yeah, I saw it trending. I I, I remember seeing it trending on Twitter. Like uh, this is some like Resident Evil shit. Um, And it was like weeks and weeks and weeks before we actually did anything substantive as far as like halting travel and and putting restrictions on shit. And it's like you you got to really keep an eye out for that shit if i was if i was working in any capacity in like uh, you know making sure like the country operates in a certain way I, I would be like hey listen wuhan just wuhan's in china okay so china is like tied to everything uh they have a quarantine we should like really like stop like all travel over there right now like just for the sake of because i feel like it wasn't that difficult to because i remember when i first saw the pandemic i was like or when i first saw the wuhan got quarantine i was like that's gonna be bad that's bad news like i knew immediately like that was like that's not that's not ideal and it was a different flavor from the star the sars and the mers that we got from the middle Mm -hmm, east and back then it it was this definitely was a more efficient virus in terms of infection and everyone just stays on surfaces for like three days or something they said there was an article. They said that on the Diamond Princess cruise ship, it's it, even 17 days after everyone was off, there was still a live virus, COVID 19, on there. 17 fucking days. Now, whether that's that true or not, yeah. is crazy. And, and he wants to open up the country back by Easter, dude. I. Oh, the, well, here's what Fauci said. And I think this is probably. It's going to be done piecemeal. Like. New York, I don't think, is going to open the fuck back up. We're, we're like ground zero for it right now. So what I think mm-hmm. is going to happen is they're going to go state by state. I don't think Cal- California is going to stay the fucking lockdown, too. They're going to go yeah. state by state, which I could kind of see a little bit. If like, Look, if, if Tennessee has like 12 people in it that have it and, that, and it doesn't go up, I don't know the exact number for people listening or watching this podcast. I'm just making it as an example. And it just stays in the curve, doesn't keep going up. All right, I could understand that. So long as they keep their borders closed. But if he's going to try to open up like fucking New York, which I hope the guy Cuomo doesn't let him by, by Easter, that's a, that's a disaster. That's doomsday. It's insane. But also the, the thing to take into account is like we just don't have the tests to really accurately figure out like who, how many people really have this thing. And, you know, it could be like you're going to always want to assume that th- this is a really highly contagious thing. So you're going to always you're going to always want to assume that. Whatever number you see, it's probably a, a bit more. Like 10 times A bit that. more. Like, probably a lot more. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I don't envy anybody who has to deal with this on, like, a grander level responsibility no, tier. No, I know? don't. Like, that's... I would hate to be president right now. <laughs> no, I don't, because... Because I would, I would only have some idea of what to do, and even then, I'm like, I don't know if this is going to work. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's just it'll be interesting to see where we are even in like three or four weeks. You know, it 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 does scare me. But uh, 
Only yeah. time will tell. All right, man. It yeah. was awesome having you on, dude. That was if we went from everything from politics to video games. I appreciate it. It was, it was yeah, man. It was good. It was a good, it was a good gamut. That felt really quick. It did. It felt really quick. I, did, I I looked. I'm like, holy crap! It's been over an hour and a half. So, all right, guys. This is episode twelve of the Exposed Podcast. Hopefully, I got the right one. And Chris, thank you for coming on. I appreciate it. I'll have a link to your YouTube channel below in the description. And I will see you guys real soon. Have a good one. Take care. Exposed. Exposed. Exposed.